630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. Mama Mia, but what about Llama Mia? Maybe you were there this weekend. It is a production put on by law students. They had a show this past weekend, and then they have another show coming up. They've been doing this for 28 years, so picture it. Future lawyers, future judges, singing, dancing all over the stage uh, for a very good cause. To tell us more about the production that you can catch next weekend and also about the Chew Project, that's where the money's going, is uh, Glennis Lieb. She is the executive director of the Firefly Institute for Gender and Sexual Diversity over at the U of A. Good morning, Doctor. Hi, how are you, Stacey? I'm great. So, what is the law show? <laughs> this is, um, as you as you stated, this is something that the faculty has been doing for a very long time, with the recognition of just how stressful and competitive mm-hmm. um, school can be for future lawyers. And so they change gears for a little bit and let students just have some fun. And um, and this has turned into people trying out their acting chops for the last almost three <laughs> decades now. And so this particular production has been around for, um, for a number of years now and has been performed by other law students in other places across the continent. But we're really excited to have it here. Oh, I bet. So did you go this weekend? How was it? Oh, it's fabulous. They, um, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. And um, you, it's, it's, um, it's a, a taste of legalese in a way that's digestible for the general public, even if you're not, <laughs> you don't have a background in law. And it just, you know, it pokes fun of some of the seriousness and, um, and competitiveness. And I think that's, you know, that's incredibly important for anyone who has, you know, any awareness of this profession. Um, you have to get used to self-care very early in life, I think, and very early in your career. So this is a great way to stop taking oneself so seriously for a moment. So they changed the plot a little bit, it sounds like, and they add yes. sort of a legal theme to it. Yes, and, and explore different types of, kind of, again, jokingly look at different types of common, you know, legal experiences and, and legal knowledge that, uh, that future lawyers have to have. All right, keeping to theme for sure. Mm-hmm. It sounds like mm-hmm. a blast. It's a hoot. It, yes. It's uh, airing again. It's uh, They're putting it on again this weekend as well, right? Yes, it'll be on again Friday night, and there are tickets still available through Eventbrite for there. You can find information through the Faculty of Law or at our website through the Firefly Institute as well. All right, uh, the money's going to the CHU project. Tell us about yes. what that is for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So CHU stands for Community. Community Health Empowerment and Wellness, and it was actually an acronym that was come up with from some of the youth who were using our services. As you mentioned, it's one of the programs from the Firefly Institute. Uh, the Firefly Institute is celebrating its 20th year of existence this year. We started with Camp Firefly, which is well known as well, and the Chew Project has been around for almost 10 years, and it emerged as um, a way of giving back to youth who were providing their experiences and and knowledge for research that our then research um, liaison Dr. Andre Grace was doing looking at um, um, two SLGBTQ youth who are experiencing extra barriers and so it started as just providing emergency provisions for 
um, for kids who were um, unhoused or precariously housed or otherwise street involved. And then just through the youth telling us what their needs were, what kind of supports that they needed, it grew and grew. And, and um, now it's a day shelter. And we provide basic necessities of life, but also operate on what we call a professional family model. And it's um, and that is providing a sense of belonging and accountability and love to youth who may not have that um, in their lives and have had that experience. And so we start from providing that, that feeling of belonging someplace and being loved and cared for and and build um, build from there and ultimately our goal is to create a sense of connectedness and a sense of hopefulness for the youth that we serve um, and however that looks for some of them it's you know it's looking towards future career paths for some of them it's looking towards reconciliation with their biological families it can look all different ways for all different youth but um, we have about 300 youth who are registered with us now here in Edmonton, and we're also in the process of expanding our service to Calgary. And it's exclusively for LGBTQ2S plus people, right? Yes, it is. Um, under 30, yes. Under and 30. it's, and again, as long as folks, um, folks can self-identify as members of the community, um, and as long as um, they are supportive and respectful of each other, that's all we need. And how important is this? Uh, because, you know, you, there's, there's lots of services for youth, but maybe not as targeted. Yeah, and that's, we, there are lots of services for youth and incredibly caring um, people who are very, very inclusive. But it's you can't always control for everybody who accesses services and their experiences and beliefs. And, and we find that because our folk, often if they are visibly gender diverse and quite, you know, quite young, they often don't feel safe accessing services where there's a wide variety of folk with different beliefs and experiences and they're never sure how they're going to get treated. And so this is, this emerged again from the express need of the youth who felt like they needed a place that they knew when they walked in, um, that they were safe there and they they come to the shelter you said 300 kids you're helping or uh, young uh, adults uh, yes we have 300 yeah kids and um, all the way down to 13 14 all the way up to 30 um, that are registered with us and there are folks who we see every day of the week folks who we see a couple of times a month depending on their need and it's just a safe space for them Absolutely. But we do, we, we develop, you know, personal progress plans with each of our youth. We're working on, you know, what they're trying to, where they're trying to go in life, what they're trying to do. And so it's more than just a, you know, place to exist. We're working on um, trying to um, have folk come out and um, come out better and more supported broadly than they came in. And, and we're also working on a future leaders plan. So developing youth. So, so by the time they're aging out of our service, they're in a place where they can actually provide guidance and mentorship to um, younger kids who are coming up. Uh, not only changes lives, uh, I'm sure uh, saves lives as well. Do you have Absolutely. a success story that, that you can pass along to us? Absolutely. <laughs> so many, so many. Um, but I, I, I will tell you about one of our most beloved youth who's been around since the start and, um, and was unhoused for a lot of years. Just um, it was not possible to house them. They were struggling so much. They're in psychosis so often. And we were really trying to figure out how do we get like um, medical services, mental health services to some of our youth and, and who just we can't get them 
any, you know anywhere and and so we actually created a partnership at the time with um, um, a new emerging service called the LGBTQ Wellness Center that provided um, various mental health services and we started doing virtual psychiatry with some of our our youth and so we'd catch them when they were in the shelter and do virtual psychiatry and we were able to actually assess have this person assessed and prescribed medications and have them delivered to us and we started him on appropriate medications and um, and this kid went from being this um, this skinny like so skinny on you know struggling person to um, within months to a person who had you know rosy cheeks and had you know had put a little bit of meat on his bones but also knew who he was knew where he was going and we were able to house him and um, he went from living on the streets for years to house in an apartment with his first pet um, a, a parakeet <laughs> that, nice. that he loves um, and you know and was able to build friendships and that too for the, again for the first time in his adult life and so and that's just one of you know many many stories we have a crew of house queens now who are um, folks young folks who decided to again explore their expression of themselves through drag through the mm-hmm. pandemic and yeah. um, and to Kate and emerged into this troop of drag queens that are now performing around the city and they're always booked and that so we've got you know lots of different folks with different stories yeah the drag community a tight community have gone to a couple of fundraisers oh, yes. put on by uh, by queens around the city yes. for the true project so yeah uh, you do great work and I really appreciate uh, you coming on this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey. Take care. Dr. Glenn Sleeb, Executive Director of the Firefly Institute for Gender and Sexual Diversity over at the U of A. Uh, This weekend's law show happening on Friday. Tickets still available. It's in Allard Hall at McEwen University. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a great show. It's called Lama Mia. So it's like Mama Mia, but put on by law students and all of the money going to the Chew Project and doing some incredible work here in the city.